Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave. Tonight, uh, this is not my show, so I will not be hosting, but I was asked to do this wonderful and very uh, energetic introduction because I'm apparently good at this, question mark. But uh, tonight's show is a book club, our second book club episode. Uh, I did not do the homework, so I will not be participating in the conversation, but next month, perhaps, maybe I'll have time to do the homework. So, I am going to hand things over to the ever-capable, ever-enigmatic, ever-intelligent, ever-talkative Jenny. Keep them coming. Keep it coming. Uh, <laughs> I could do some ever, more. Ever-modest. <laughs> oh, you're too kind, Dave. You're too kind. Um... So, yes, we are going to talk about The Name of the Wind, which is freaking awesome in my two cents. So I'm just going to dive in and just tell you my two cents. Um, No, wait. Introduce your co-host. I'm going to. Chill out. (laughs) Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to let you guys introduce. So with me today, we've got Shauna. Shauna from Seattle. Rock on. And Ashley. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm currently in New Hampshire, which is just a state. It's not a city. There's no cities. It's just one tiny little state. (laughs) So we have basically the entire country pretty much covered because we've got, well, we've got the West Coast, we've got the Midwest, and we've got the East Coast. So we're doing good. We're doing good. Um, Okay, so... Do you guys want to jump in and give the little synopsis of what this book's about, or do you want me to cover that? And we should give the disclaimer out right now that if you haven't read the book, there will be spoilers. So go read the book, and then come back and listen, and then chat us up on Facebook, because Dave, I'm going to force to finish this book, and he's going to have to tell me if he agrees or not agrees with everything he hears tonight, and he has to just expect that he's going to know how it ends. So thumbs up. All right. (laughs) So, when you read, either one of you can answer this, when you read, like, what the book was about, did you, did it live up to its expectations, or was it lacking? Or not lacking, I guess, isn't the word I want to use, but did it go a completely different direction? I thought um, that it was better than the description because I'm not a huge high fantasy fan and I was a little nervous so um, I think the description was good but it's not the typical fantasy I'm used to running into I uh, I, I agree on that well in part um, I read a lot of fantasy um, and I actually tried not to read anything about it before I read it so I actually only read the back of the book and it didn't really sell me um, on the story so I I was really slow at starting it Um, but I absolutely loved it because it was uh, completely different than any other fantasy book that I've ever read So it was, in my opinion, way, way better than what I thought it would be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm in the same boat of, I was expecting it to be a little more fantastic, you know, a little more magic, a little more action packed. Um, Because when I read, when I read the synopsis online about what it was about, it, it comes off as just this arrogant character and he is the greatest thing ever placed on the earth. And I was just like, all right, well, let's see. It might be, you know, let's see how that goes. And it totally didn't end up that way. I mean, kind of does, but I, I love the whole way that is, although it's magic, it's not so much magic. It's more the science behind the magic. If you go that route, but there's, I love the fact that it's a story within a story within a story. So mm-hmm. you've got, you've got, you're introduced to what's his what's his name? We have to Pope. agree on how to say it. <laughs> yeah, I think oh. it's Pope. 
It's, it's Kvoth. Well, that's his name when he's telling the story about him. He's the legend. But uh, I think that's it's Kvoth, right? Kvoth, because then he has Kvoth. the apprentice um, Bash, which is the demon apprentice guy. And then they're telling the story to um, Chronicler, who's yeah. the, uh, the guy who figured out who he is and hunt him down to get the truth to the whole fantastic. Damn. Is he a demon? Yeah. Is he a wizard? Is he a god? You know, all that. So it starts out with him and he's this, he's a barkeep basically he owns the inn, the, the small town, everybody comes in, they have their beers. They tell the stories of the day about how their harvest went, all that. Um, and as we were saying, Chronicler, who's this guy who writes stories, shows up at the bar and calls him out and says, you're Cloth. You're, I think it's Cloth is how you say his name. That's who you are. And he's just like, it gets a little tense because you find out he's basically supposed to be in hiding. So the book then turns upon the fact that he's telling his story of how he became who he is. But inside that story... As he's telling the, so when you're in his youth or when you're in his teenage years and stuff, he's then learning about the story of the Chandrian, who are like these demon, like, I guess you'd call them like gods, but they killed, they killed his family, but it, it goes on and on. And I love that, like, no matter what chapter you're in, depends on who's telling the story, but it's always being told by the same person. It's just the person the main character has so many different layers and they i was so jumping ahead of the i was so frustrated that you don't actually know how he became the innkeeper but i guess that's why there's more books <laughs> you don't know a lot of stuff at the end but there's a lot hinted at still i right. i have to admit here that i read the book twice <laughs> so you're the pro at this. You, you've got all the, all the I, insight. Because I've got to like search my brain, going, oh, I really like that part, but did that happen? Yeah, I I did read it twice, and the second time I read it, I read it slow. So yeah, if you ever have a a point you want, <laughs> well, <laughs> extrapolated on, I'm more than happy. <laughs> with well, with that said though, did you did you find that you missed stuff through the first oh, yeah. reading? Definitely. Definitely. Because when I went through the second time, I had the ending in mind and I had all of his development. Because when you get to the end and you know what he became and how he became it, you look at it from a completely different angle as you see him as a child and you see, especially with him, well, I mean, I guess I'm jumping ahead like a ton, but when you see him meeting Deanna, Diana, Dinah, you know, you see <laughs> the that. The name that changes every time you meet her a different time. <laughs> exactly. You see that relationship develop. When you read it the second time, oh, man, whew, that is troublesome. Well, and, and that one, so that's a good, like, lead-in because... I think those were my favorite parts. I love the parts when he's actually a child and he's with the traveling troops, you know, yes. the, he's with the mm -hmm. roof. And when he, uh, what was, I can't think of the mentor's name that they picked up. In the yeah. And he's teaching him. And like the whole thing of when he, he thought he was clever and he called the wind and it almost killed him, you know, like mm -hmm. all those scenes, like I absolutely loved when it was ha happening. Um, but when she got introduced later in the story, when he's on his way to the university, every conversation they have, I absolutely love. But I, I was trying not to, like, project what I wanted to happen with it yeah. because it would be so easy because she's not really a trustworthy character. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I fully trust him either. Like, I, I, I see that he has interest with her, but some of his lines were just like oozing with pickup lines like that whole speech they had about well if I was a flower what would my name be mm -hmm. it is so poetically written that I'm just like that is the best romantic speech I've heard in a while that is amazing but yeah. then he does other things through the book that he's such a jackass sometimes and I'm like yeah. 
did he really say that from the heart and is he legitimately honest about that or is that I I think he is I I think he is because he he admits on a regular basis that he is just an idiot when it comes to women he has he just does not I mean I mean when he when he talks to Fella and he rushes to her room and asks for help I mean he just has no no connection with the female <laughs> the but female he, source he totally is though like the old soul because when he's nine years old everybody thinks he's way older than he is and at the university he's what he's 15 yeah but he acts as though the adults because most everybody in the university is like 18 and higher you know yeah but so. i think that he's got that intellectual capacity and and that maturity but he has none of the I mean, I hate, I hesitate to say it this way, but the, the sexual life skills I that have a friend you would like that. He yeah. reminded me exactly of a friend of ours. I was like, oh, I get this guy. It's like Sheldon. <laughs> totally like Sheldon. successful, does not have a lady friend. Just yeah. doesn't get it. Yeah, like, with everything he I'm does. I'm sorry, were you like, guys talking polite. about me? What's that, Dave? Nothing, just making a joke. Okay, continue. <laughs> Well, with everything he says, though, with anybody he talks to, he's, like, super polite. But there's those moments when it's, like, open mouth, insert foot. Mm-hmm. And you're just, he is like... a child. He is. And, and he's got, like, that teenage... I think that's where the author did the best job is that he, he understands that teenage angst like he can go from being completely watching the the lecture learning completely into it and then get so excited he completely messes up everything um like there's the whole scene in his very first class and he he asks the uh the professor if he he's like i don't think this is uh advanced enough for me i'm I'm smart for this class (laughs) what a dick with him a yes right so, so, and then it completely backfires on both of them because oh gosh, the, yeah. the next class, the instructor's like, if you think, you know, he's going to show us how to teach a class. And he teaches the class phenomenally, which just pisses the instructor off even more, you know? <laughs> this is, that's, that's when he, he got whipped. That's when he got his first yes. whipping, right? He got yeah. two whips or whatever. And Oh, he got Six. Six. Yeah, it was six, it was six because lashes. he didn't sleep because he was chewing on the willow bark. So he he was then known as Cloth the Bloodless because yes. he didn't cry and he didn't he didn't bleed. And they're like, oh my gosh, when nobody has ever seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. And I love his explanation when he's in um, the Medica when he's talking to oh gosh, what's his name? Um, oh. The girl. The no. The um, What's the name of the guy who who runs the the medica? Oh gosh, dude! Is it is it R? It's not Arwal. It's oh, maybe it is Arwal. He's like one of the professor wizard guys. Yeah, it's it's, oh man, maybe it is. You know what? It is. It is Arwal. It is. Um. Oh, no, me. It's Kelvin. Kelvin. It's Master Kelvin. 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 No, Kel. Is Kelvin the? Infirmary, is, or is he the um, the fishery? Uh, See, okay, this is my complaint though with every book that I read is when you make the names really complicated, and when you're going through them really fast, whether you're listening to the audio or you're reading them, you recognize them and you can put them to it. But then when later on you're like, "What's his name again?" Because it's so yeah. hard to remember. You know, I just I found know. it because this is this is my my problem um so master physiker is arwell uh master archivist is lauren master arithmetician is brander i don't i don't remember ever talking ever seeing the arithmetician in the book at all other than was he part of the um just when they're they have to when they have to like compete for their tuition yeah that's the only time you ever hear from him and it's like two words um, Can I just say that of all the books, of all the books of fantasy that I've read, this is the one that I had the least amount of 
trouble remembering names for though. <laughs> really? <laughs> I totally agree. I absolutely agree. Somehow the names, the only thing though about the names, the lead character, I'm. <sighs> Could you so make that I, a little more difficult? <laughs> I watched six different YouTube videos to learn how to say his name. Six. <laughs> I am not joking. Six. Because well, the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook, and the the author, the narrator, or whatever he's called, says, because he says in the book how you're supposed to, how it's supposed to be pronounced, and then he quickly revolves back to saying it incorrectly. I'm like, that doesn't sound anything like what you just said it should sound like. <laughs> Well, I, I read a I read a really great breakdown of it. So the the way he says um, the way that Patrick Rothfuss says that you're supposed to say it is you say the KV the way that the um, the Jewish or the um, the word kvetch is. So, so it's, it's like clove. I can't. My mouth cannot make those noises. <laughs> I, I know. So you say kvetch. So kv, and then quoth. So it's kvoth. <laughs> that, that sounds right. But uh, honestly, if I tried fifty times right now, I could not make it sound like you just said. <laughs> I have said it so many times. I said it like. 300 times in two days trying to get it right. And even in my head, I can't say it right. It just sounds wrong, even though I know it's right. So reading this book, I I was saying, quoth, 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 the whole time I read it because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it, so. Couldn't get over it. Want to know who my favorite name is, though, in the whole book? Is Ambrose Jackis because he is the biggest jackass, and I can always remember his name because I'm like Ambrose Jackass. Like he's an yeah, asshole. I think he did that on purpose. I think the author, oh, the author did that on purpose. Yeah, because, because he needed that song. song. And you know, he needed he needed that awesome song. He did. That song was pretty good. I, I'll admit. Um, I liked all the different rhymes throughout the whole book. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I I liked when they would go when because what's funny is like it starts off and you think you're going to go into like the whole Chandrian storyline. Right. Because they Mm -hmm. they start with him telling the story. But then there's the giant spider attack on the one guy's Oh, yeah. You know, and you're just like, whoa, okay, there's a lot of crazy shit going on. And then it stops again. And then you start learning about him on the road with, you know, the Rue and like learning about his family as the actors and such. And then. Then you find out that the Chandrian are real and they killed his family and everybody on the on the train with them. And you're just like, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So my question to you guys, and this has been driving me crazy, but you know, towards the end, more towards the end of the book when they, and I don't remember the name of the town, but they go and they find the big dragon creature. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she can't find her predecessor or her um sponsor right right and the whole way they're describing him did you guys get the same feeling that it's the hooded chandrian yes and no i think i thought at first but then kind of discounted it yeah i i feel like it can't be because he can't he can't cloak himself in a human form or else he would do it all the time and i might be i might be wrong and i might be getting because remember there was the when they start learning about what was on that base on why everybody at the wedding was murdered um Uh wasn't there the the little girl the little 12 year old girl who's telling it and she was talking about it and giving the examples of what was on there he was kind of in his head naming off which it was, but wasn't he the liar of the group? And I could be totally wrong, because like I said, I was so into the story that like the the weird details of it, like I might have them mixed up, but I, for some reason, everything in my head leans towards that Diana, well, Dana, or whatever you want to call her with a D, um, 
she I have this just weird overwhelming feeling she's linked with the Chandrian somehow. Oh, she's definitely linked with the Chandrian somehow, but the little girl says there was one with no face, just with a hood with nothing inside. There's one with a mirror at his feet and a bunch of moons over him. And there's one with a woman with some of her clothes off. Maybe that's why I'm thinking it's her. Like, I don't, because she's always moving and there, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And it, I don't know. There's, there's something really crazy because the Chandrian let him go because he wasn't there to hear the song his father was singing. Right. Uh, act, no, he he was actually supposed to be killed. The reason they let him go is because something was about to descend on them and on the Chandrians. And um, they had to escape in a rush. So instead of killing him, they had to flee. So he escaped really lucky. He should have been killed. He had heard the he had heard the song. Um, That's right, because he wasn't supposed to. He was off to the edge, over listening, like yeah. eavesdropping, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I I don't know. Everything in me like leans towards that, and I'm probably totally wrong. But I don't think she's about- one of the Chandrian, but she definitely is either being used by them, or I I, I think. What's going to happen? She's like one of the elements or something. Yeah. I would agree with that. So for each of you, do you guys have a favorite character that when you read it, like, did you like Bash or did you like Simmons? Did you like, like, did you have one character that every time they entered the book, you're just like, I like this guy or I like this gal. I definitely do. But go ahead, Shawnee. (laughs) You first. Oh, no, I want to hear yours. Well, I, it was, it was, it was a, a toss-up between two, but um, Abenthi obviously is awesome, but Elodin is the best. The uh, the master of names, right? The crazy one. Yeah, he is by and far the best because uh, he knows all the names. First of all. Anyone who can control all things because he knows the name of all things is the coolest. If you can say stone and the wall dissolves, I mean, <laughs> hello. hello. And then if you're so super awesome that your mind has broken, but you came back and everyone is, everyone basically lets him do whatever he wants to do because he's super powerful and he can act like a child and run around on soft feet wherever he wants. I mean, he's awesome. I, I don't know. There's there's really nothing nothing not awesome about him. I'll say his a scene with him was by far my favorite scene through the whole book because I laughed out loud it's, when I know when he's is. on the roof and he's yeah. just like he's like, well He's like, jump. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And Wolf is such an arrogant bastard. He's just like, all right, this could be a test or this could be him messing with me. He's a little crazy. But he jumped off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I see, I, I would have jumped. What the hell were you thinking? I would have jumped. Oh, I not would've. me. I would have told the guy he was crazy as all hell. <laughs> no, no. See, you're in a crazy house with a crazy dude. Who knows the name of all things? Obviously, it's a test. I would Obviously, have been like, you shouldn't okay. trust him. <laughs> I mean, come on, the guy just—I would have jumped. I would have jumped. Oh, Broken the ribs. Best, <laughs> the best part about that scene is when he's falling and he like turns around. And he's like, "The wind's gonna catch me," <laughs> and then he just smacks. I just—I see a visual of just like his arms out, like just. Like a just, smile on his face. Yes, like this really soft smile, like, ah, you know. Sort of thing. <laughs> That's my later. <laughs> yes, exactly. Only a collarbone and some ribs. I mean, whatever. Oh lordy. He yeah. thought he was dead. He wasn't. It was all good. No broken that, neck. <laughs> that scene was was awesome. <laughs> That's what made me love Eladin so much was that scene, and the running with the socked feet. That was. Yeah. 
kind of kind of my favorite. <laughs> so how about you, Shauna? Who who was your utmost favorite? Um, the girl that lives in the belows, Ari. Oh, yeah. She's, She's very sweet and simple and cute. You want to know why why I really liked her is that they don't go into detail of why she is who she is. She's obviously, you can tell that she was probably a student at one time mm-hmm. and something happened. Like there's something, there's something in her past that makes her so hesitant to everything. Mm-hmm. But she, she is, she's such an innocence. And when you but put she's her, she's a survivor too. Hello. Yeah, yeah yep. totally. But when you put her up against, you know, next to Cloof, it's like, it's almost like she's a mirror to him, but then she's also his absolute opposite. Like she, she sort of emulates every struggle he had, you know, growing up, being homeless, just trying to, you know, to get food in a warm place. Mm-hmm. Like she has that entire aura about her that it's like he's looking in a mirror at himself, but then she's lacking all of his arrogance and pride, you yeah. know? Yeah, she she was she was freaking awesome. I, I I struggle with this though because I liked so many of the characters, but can I cheat and say two characters as one character? Because mm. I don't think I don't <laughs> think that they they're good characters on their own, but they're awesome together. And that's his his two best friends, um, Simon and uh, Willem. Fair enough. I, I can accept I, that. Those two, because they're kind of like what I was just saying about Ari. They're they're so opposites of each other. Willem is such like this kind of like strong, like don't mess with me kind of guy. And then Simon is like this innocence, you know, he's like always happy. And he's like, he's, you know, he, he doesn't know what he's doing half the time, but he's really smart at it. And I think it's such a great play when you add the three of them together. You add Cloth and those two because they're kind of like his talisman. They they keep they keep him in check mm-hmm. because they in themselves are in check because they're the yin and the yangs. If so you means. don't love Savoy. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally loved him. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Oh, what was the what was the name of the um the innkeeper at uh after after jackass um got him banned everywhere across the bridge he got the one job at the place that was just like i hate royals so yeah you can have the job here um Um, oh gosh i cannot remember his name i kind of like him too because he just reminds me of a big like i don't know i always think of a leprechaun when i jackson no 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 that was yeah Hmm. Oh well, I just I just found something funny though. Here's here's a line from the le- from the song. <laughs> He's a well-bred ass. You can see it in his stride. And for a copper penny, he'll let you take a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why he got pissed off. <laughs> I don't know. Anchor. Anchor. Thank you. Anchor. Yeah, he's he's cool, and I like the whole like get up they have where. Anytime, like when he's done playing and somebody's like, let me buy you a drink. And he has that one drink at the bar and they're just like, yeah. And he gives him a glass of water and he gets to pocket the money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's how I'd like to get paid. Here's <laughs> here's my, I guess I'm, I'm struggling whether or not I think this is a complaint or if I think it's really good how they did it. Because I'm on the fence of which way I want to fall on that. But when he gets across the bridge and he plays for his pipes... Mm. I thought that was awesome and I like you know I liked everything about it but then it also just seemed it seemed so perfect and so arrogant about it being so perfect but it kind of works because throughout the whole thing everybody tells him is like you know you're good and that's your flaw you know because he knows he's the best at everything he does so Mm -hmm. it made sense but I I, I don't know, you know, with the whole thing with uh, Ambrose fucking with the strings and yeah. and all that, it it had too many layers in that one scene that it it felt. And awful. the girl just happened to be there. Yeah, like he was like, I disagree. 
I see. I disagree. I feel like that needed all of that needed to happen right there because it couldn't be. It needed to tie into the university, but it couldn't be at the university. Like Ambrose had to do something, and he had to look a fool. So he had to try and, you know, mess with Quoth, trying to get his pipes, oh God, and he had to also fail at it. So you know, trying to. It, trying to mess him up by breaking the string and then Kavoth's survival after his parents died, learning how to play with less and less strings, making him survive that. And then Dina being in the audience, coming back into his life, all of that just, it, it was, I think it was perfect. See, and, and that's where I like I kind of struggle because I don't disagree with you at all. Like I I I love that part of it, but then I'm also like, this is the sex machina. This is like yeah, this is like the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet because yeah. exactly, you know. <laughs> but he's not that lucky because Savoy's dating her <clears throat> at the time. Yeah, but so he's not that lucky. He's kind of like unlucky because he sees her and he's like, oh my god, my love. And she's like, oh, wait, uh, hey, buddy. But for every, for every flaw he had in the night, he had, like, two pros, you know? Like, I don't know. It, like it's I said, one I, I pro that would make his life epic, the one thing that he wants, he can't have. I feel like if he could have her, he wouldn't want anything else. So here's a question, too. And again, I might be totally remembering this wrong. Um, but you know when he starts out the story and they're, they're talking about how, you know, the legend of him, you know, is he went mad after the death of his of the princess or something like that. Like some higher, you know, there was this woman. Do you think they're setting it up to be her or do you think it's someone else? I think it's somebody else. I do too. Like there, I think it's a tease. I think it's a total tease. Like I, cause they're making her as like the love interest, but I think I don't she know. betrays him. I was going to say, didn't they imply that they end up hating each other at some point or something? Yeah. He well, says there's only one woman and that, I mean, that's all there is to it. There's just one woman. Yeah. But then, but, and, but that's where I got confused, too, because when he starts to tell that portion of the story and he, he starts talking about how beautiful she is and Bash steps in and he's like, I heard she had a crooked nose. I saw her once. She had a crooked nose and all this stuff. And you're like, well, that's not the same character. So I was a little confused with that one. It, he's, he's saying it, when Bash was saying she had a crooked nose and that you know, she was, her face was slightly thin or something like that. He was saying it was the same woman. What he was saying was, you're remembering her as the perfect paragon of beauty and glory because you love her or you loved her or, you know, whatever. I'm remembering her as a person who was a human being that had a face and it was a face and it was flawed in some human way. <laughs> That's all he was saying there. Makes sense. I don't, so do you guys think that there was, cause it, I guess the question would be is, did you have a favorite part of the timeline? Cause you've got the modern day, so to speak, where he's telling the story. You've got the childhood set up with them on the road. You've got the poor grown-up, you know, growing up in the city with nothing storyline. And then you've got the university. Then you've got, after the university, you have the actual city and the intermingling with the, the musicians and such. So you've got these different timelines within this story already. Did you have a specific one? Because like I was saying earlier, I love the childhood stuff. Um, I'm just curious which ways you guys kind of run with it, like what you wish they had went more into than they did or not did. My least favorite was the the city after his parents died. 
I was so frustrated that his mourning overcame his intelligence. And I know he wasn't street smart at that point, but it just, I just was like, he's supposed to be this super genius and he's just barely scraping by. But I mean, they went over that later and I get it, but I was very frustrated with it. Yeah. I, I, hmm. I didn't like that part the first time I read it because of that reason. The second time I read it, I actually really enjoyed it because I read it from the perspective of how broken he was at the time. And if, I don't know, I just, I guess that, that sort of changed my, my way of reading it. But I, I, hmm. I kind of, I, I, I actually kind of like that, but I don't like it because of his point of view of the story. I love the whole aspect of the completely violent and corrupt cops, you know, that you would, would. Or, well, I, <laughs> hey now. Um, but I also like um, the, I guess you would call him like the priest that had the basement mm. where he took mm-hmm. care of the kids. And mm-hmm. like there was always, you know, or like the when he in, approaches the kind of upper class lady and she's so saddened by what she sees in him because he's got no shoes and it's winter and, and all this stuff and just her expression. I, I loved all the secondary characters of that part of the storyline, whereas the storyline right before it where he's the child in the troop, I liked his perspective more. Mm-hmm. So... I think what's going to get me to read the next book is I'm super intrigued with the Chandrian storyline. Like, corrupt, weird, religious stuff just totally gets me every time. <laughs> well, you know why Why I, I pulled this book out, too, is that there was, like, an article about books that are going to become TV or movies, you know, and I'm always into that. And I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. So the guy that does Hamilton is in the works as the creative developer to make this into a TV show. And, and I'm like, that actually could be, because this is something that I don't think you can pull off in a movie because there's so many elements and so many characters that I can totally see how this could be. It would be awesome if it got on somewhere like HBO, like HBO could do a game of Thrones type amazing job with this, with Mm -hmm. this story. The, the frustrating part is, is currently there's only the two books and the third book, if you look at like Reddit and everything, everybody's getting totally pissed off at the author because (laughs) there's no release date yet. And it's been, I I think the second, this, this book came out in 2007 Mm -hmm. and the second book came out in 2011. So, Mm -hmm. so we're, we're we're six years away, you know, out from the second book, and he still yeah. hasn't come out with the third book, but it's in the works, quote unquote. Yeah. He, so, he in interviews says that he is really retentive about how he writes, and that he'll write and then rewrite and rewrite and then go back and read and then completely rewrite. So. I get it. I I appreciate that because I hate when you find a flaw in the story that you're like, that can't happen because this over here happened earlier. You know, Mm -hmm. I hate when I find things like that. So you have to kind of rely on a good editor for those Mm -hmm. sort of things. But you can see it in his writing because some of the, some of the pages are so beautifully written that there's, there's this kind of, I always call it like ancient books when they're not really ancient books. But when you take books like Henry David Thoreau or um, any of the old books, and I'm just throwing him out there because he's on my mind today. It was his birthday. But um, there, there's a different way the sentences are structured. There's yeah. there's use of different words. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that so much in more modern writers. That's and amazing. I like that and I appreciate that. And I would much rather an author take this time and make sure the story is exactly where he wants to go. Because this, I don't see him being able to resolve this in a third book. Yeah. This this seems like this is going to be like his lifelong journey of telling the story of this kid. Yeah, and he, he even says, you know, this isn't this isn't something that can be resolved. This isn't a book that ends because it, it's... 
it's the world that he lives in in his mind. He he made this world. There are there. Are, what did he say? There are fourteen different types of currency, and only three have been presented in the two books, or four have been presented in the two books. It's just, I mean, this guy is awesome. If you listen to some of his YouTube videos, he's just, he's just a cool guy. The way that he writes these, these stories because of how his mind works. Um, but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Wheel of Time series. No, what one's that, <laughs> that about? It, uh, it's a, it's a fantasy series and it's got... 13 books in it it is it, it it was one of my it is one of my favorite series and the author passed away in the middle of writing the last book and his wife worked with brian sanderson to write the last book and it ended up being so long that he wrote two books instead of the last book and it just kind of corrupted the story a little bit and I just I know this sounds bad but whenever I get to a series that takes a really long time to write I get this fear I'm like please don't die (laughs) please don't die (laughs) someone young I'm like oh my god he's gonna die before he tells me what happens next (laughs) I think there's a lot of people thinking that with George R. R. Martin right can I, now. Can I jump? Can I jump in yeah, real quick? I know. Wait, how old is this guy? Do I really want to read the second book now? Yeah, he's he's in his thirties or oh okay, yeah, he's a young dude. But I'm just paranoid. <laughs> Speaking of like comparisons to writers, though, so after I finished the book, I started reading up on him more because I'm like, I like the way he writes. I like that it's not a really fast story. Like you actually have to become part of the story it's not like you there's a beginning middle and end it's just this it's like walking through the day in the life of the character so mm-hmm. i was like i gotta read up more and i found this article of somebody i wish i can remember who was interviewing them um but basically they kept referring to his ultimate crush for neil gaiman and i'm like oh my that God. makes sense that makes yeah. sense jenny, yeah. jenny yeah. can i jump in real quick yes uh, Please. Two things. One, George R. R. Martin has actually told HBO how the books end in case he does die. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and we actually did reach out to the author of this book to see if he wanted to come on the show. Um, and he can't personally answer his uh, either his publicist or his assistant answered. And we had to fill out this huge long uh, survey essentially to see if he could make time to be on the show. Um, that's how that's how busy he is with writing. Rock on. <laughs> I mean, good and bad, but yeah, <laughs> sure. bad right. for I, us, but good overall. All right, back, I, back I, to uh, I would have loved to talk to him because he is a super cool guy. There's He's a, like, there's a chance working on like six degrees. Uh, there's a chance we may still get to. He just hasn't replied back, and if so, you guys can do the interview. <gasps> yes. Woohoo! Yeah, I want to. I want to talk to him too because, like, this. This book takes some thought power because, you know, we covered the storyline part, but when you go into the the details that go in, like when he's studying alchemy and the symphonies, mm. I just said symphony, but just <laughs> can't talk. But when he's, when he's studying it and they're talking about how, you know, the metals combined and things like that. I don't know if any of that's like accurate or any scientifically it actually true, is. but it, he had me believing it is. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, maybe I can put a metal bar with runes across my window and know when somebody breaks in. Oh, well, not, like not that. that, not that part. Not. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's so good. Like, but there, it, that's what I'm saying is like the detail is awesome. Like you, you can, you can get the feeling of the character. Like, when jackass walks into the uh, into the room with his big hats and and you just know who it is and just the air of the of the situation or when he's when he's in the fishery and he's working and he's making his uh, his lights you can you can almost feel that you're in there as well and fill the atmosphere because he takes such attention to detail mm-hmm. and like 
in but my it's mind, not so detailed that you get lost. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But that's that's what I think I really liked about this is that you don't really get lost because you're it kind of wraps you in a blanket. Like you feel like you're there. You can you can almost smell the fire that they're putting the chemicals into or you know the cold ground that his bare feet are walking on. And but the first the first paragraph of every of every chapter is not a descriptor. I hate that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean and that that's like I mean, I love stories that Stephen King and Anne Rice writes, but I really struggle with like some of their writing because they'll spend three pages talking about the red velvet curtains, you know? Yeah. So, so I totally give him a thumbs up on the way he, he writes the details because until you look back at it, you don't realize you're absorbing all those details because it's so much a part of the situation of what's going on in the story. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. It absolutely does. So what do you guys want to see out of the second and third book? Like, where do you want to get to? Because he's only, at the end of the book, he's not even through his first year at the university, right? Right. Yeah, you don't know how he got kicked out. I I can't wait to find out more about Scarpy. And um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to to finding out how he learns to fight. Right, because he's got the sword. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because the way that, he, the, way that um, the author describes his, um, his science is, is just, is beautiful. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he describes his action. Because there wasn't a lot of action here which I appreciated because it didn't need it didn't need it. So I'm looking I'm hoping that in book two there's there's some action to see how he how he describes it. That would be very interesting. Cause he's kind of a scrawny kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, he's he's gotta have skill. <laughs> what about you, Shauna? Um I feel like the second book is going to probably delve more into the girl relationship. But, of course, I just want to know all about the freaky church people. <laughs> <laughs> then you want to know more about Scarpy. <laughs> totally. Oh, man. The, the the creepy church people. I like that. <laughs> I don't know. The Holy Grail. What was that? The The chalice that they uncovered or something? Tula's, um, oh man, what's it called? Yeah, I don't, I'm not good with names, so. (laughs) I know. I can't remember it. That's, that's where I always, I always air out too. No way, I remember the name of everyone. Oh, I, no, I don't. I just pretend I do and I wait till somebody else says the name and then I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) I know your name now. (laughs) I'm a cheat. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a name cheater. Um, <laughs> I heard though that if you look at somebody straight in the eyes and stare at their nose and say their name three times in your head, it's supposed to like implant their name in your brain. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. I was going to say it hasn't worked <laughs> for me yet, but I'm, I'm still holding faith that it will work one day. Oh, I, you know what I want to know more of, I want to see is, and it's such a minor thing, but they keep kind of hinting about, um, the the war you know because when they're when the guys come into the bar and the spidery things the spidery Mm -hmm. things but there's a war going on that you know the town folk talk about every now and again of the past wars or like i guess they're not presidents but you know the the congress and stuff that is in this time frame Mm -hmm. they keep hinting at things like that but they there was this there was a line when he was talking to um when he's talking to Chronicler about his life story, that he's almost taking responsibility for the wars that have happened. Mm. And I'm trying to like, because although there's all this crazy stuff happening right now, it seems way too innocent to ever get to the fact that he causes like a world war and monsters versus humans and demons and all this stuff. Um, So 
in in my well, weird twisted I want to predict the story I want something like that to happen with the Chandrian like I want I want him to come across paths with the Chandrian again and still obviously he still survives but there's gotta be a crossing the paths of them him with the Chandrian somewhere along the line yeah yeah, I don't think he's taking responsibility for the war. If he's a tavern owner now, he's, well, he's probably just taking out, credit though. that he started it. Yeah, well, th- maybe that's a better way. Like, he's hiding out because he started all this shit that's going on, you know? Hmm. That's the way I kind of read into it. I don't know if it's going to pan out that way, but I want I want to know more about that because I, I there's it's such a small part of the book when the town folk come in and start talking about, you know, they need a new horse and all that jazz, mm-hmm. but it all seems to lend around taxes and hard times. And, yeah. and that's, it has that feeling it's going to come full circle back to him. And I can't figure out how it would get there. You know, obviously he's way too proud of everything he does. So he thinks he can do anything and he can totally screw it up. But I just, I don't see how it gets there without the Chandrian being involved. Hmm. Food for thought. <laughs> so with that said, now that we're, we're at the end, who's going into book two? Uh, I'll be doing that tomorrow. You're going to try it? Probably, I'll probably download it for my Montana trip. Nice. Good, a good road trip. Just make sure you don't get spiders that jump out of the road at you. Shut up, dude. Oh I'm already concerned about camping. Too funny. Oh. Yeah, I, I've, already, I've already started the second book. I'm kind of the, like, I should wait. And then I'm like, I can't wait. I need to know. So. I can't believe I've waited this long. I think it's because I got stuck in, in the bone season. Um, so there, that's the only reason why I haven't broken into book two. So I'll what's be doing that tomorrow. Is, what's funny is I thought the moment I told you that I got book two, I thought you'd go, yeah, I wasn't going to tell you, but I already started. <laughs> I was waiting for it. The only reason I didn't start, and this is really sad. The only reason I didn't start it is because I read almost every single book through overdrive. And, uh, I was number 37 in queue so i've had to wait for 36 people to read the book and i requested it mm-hmm. the day i finished this one and that was two weeks ago so You're like bring it I'm on already waiting. i've been waiting two weeks and i just got it yesterday nice. so, so, so that's the, the only reason i haven't started it the next few days are going to be good. Yeah, I'm about, I'm probably about a quarter of the way into it right now. But but then I was I was bummed because, like I said, I started looking up all the stuff about Patrick Rothfuss. No spoilers, and, no spoilers, Jim. No spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. But I started looking into it, and then that's when I found out that the third book's not done yet. I'm like, well, wait, wait, huh? That, that is enough of a spoiler to make me want to cry. I did not realize that the third book was that far behind. I'm sorry to ruin your ruin your world, but yeah. yeah. The, and this is actually the 10th year anniversary of the release of this book. Huh. So it's been out for 10 years. So oh, we'll have to anxiously. Maybe what will happen. This is what I'm going to put like cosmic things out is we're going to finish the, the second book. And then within like a month after we finish the book, there's going to be a huge news release that says release date. I of- feel like I feel like that's true. Maybe by the time I finish it. Yeah, and and we'll wait for you because we'll have to we'll have to do like a round two on this of the second book. Going all right now. What the hell? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I I honestly didn't didn't expect the book to be as good as it was, or to to end where it ended. You know, like I thought it was going to go a completely different path. So I'm I'm super on board for whatever he does now. Yeah, I I am really pleased that this was the book we went we ended up with because I really enjoyed it and uh, I really like the author. So I'm looking forward to the future. I agree. 
Me so too. Dave, thanks for the invite and thanks for the awesome um, new series, I guess. Yeah. Yay. Now, so so now we're uh, we're in the process of figuring out what to read for July. We're a little <laughs> little this? behind on it. <laughs> I know it looks good. So, so we'll be posting that up on the Facebook page and on the L Twitter O and all those those social media sites. Um, so, join in the conversation. We'll, when this post, we'll add on a link so you guys can join the conversation online as well. So, if you've read it, start loading up the comments either on Facebook or on our site. Um, there's comment sections on both. Um, tell us what you loved about it, hated about it if you think any one of us three are out of our minds or if you agree with all of us. So let us know. We'd love to hear from it. So Dave, when are you going to get caught up and finish it? Yeah. Uh, that would uh, rely on me not having three jobs, but very soon. I'm excited to talk to you about it. You got to join the conversation as well. It's a book I can't do the audible with. Otherwise I can't follow the characters. I need to read a book like that. Yeah, the character names definitely would be more implanted mm -hmm. with reading them. That's why Game of Thrones is a struggle. Well, it's one of the reasons why that Audible is a struggle. The Audible also has a terrible... I don't want to blame the narrator, but it's hard to listen to. No, the actor's not a great actor. It's it's a bore fest. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. I'm sorry. I'm a, I, I hated it, too. The Game of Thrones, that old man sound. I was yeah. like, oh. And it sounds yeah. way better in my head. He talks really slowly. <laughs> and it helps it helps that I know what the voices reading. sound like on HBO so like I can put that voice in when I when I read it. And nice. You know, use our imaginations. I like it. All right, Dave, give us an outro. Uh thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please go to iTunes and rate and review us. You can find this podcast along with the Two Broke Geeks, the Just Two Pals, uh, the Coffee Jelly Hour, and our wrestling podcast called Ringside Geeks, all on AtomicGeekdom.com, also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I think it's called now, um, Stitcher, I believe, yeah, and Google Play, all of it, all there. Um, like, subscribe, follow, all of that good stuff on all of the social medias. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think that's everything. Twitch. We're on Twitch now. You can watch me play games horribly on Twitch. I guess that's the thing people want to see is me losing on Mario. It's fantastic and frustrating <laughs> as all hell. But it's also fun. So uh, twitch.tv slash Atomic Geekdom. You can find us there. Some of it goes to YouTube as well. Stuff I deem is actually entertaining and not me just falling in the same pit over and over and over and over and over again. Um... Yeah, I think I think that's it. Jenny, you are on Twitter. You are at Robbie Art. Uh, do any of your guests want to reveal any of their social media, or would they rather remain mostly anonymous? <laughs> that is their call. If you guys want to want to promote yourself, here's your chance. I have nothing to promote. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to look at pictures of dogs, I am unpromotable. Exactly. Do it now before the net neutrality gets put into place. Lord. Ugh. Disgusting. Uh, okay. Anywho. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah, oh, let's do it again. Video. Definitely. All right. We'll keep everyone posted on what the next book is. Yeah, stay tuned to Twitter, at Atomic Kingdom, or our Facebook page. We will release what book we choose to do next. You can follow along. Um, and, of course, we'll post one week before we record so that we can get your thoughts on the book that was read that way you guys can join in the conversation on facebook twitter uh email info at atomicgeekdom.com um you can email us your comments on the books as well or just comment on the previous book club episode which jenny mentioned you can comment on the podcast episodes page at atomicgeekdom.com that's rock on that's atomicgeekdom.com i'll steal that from uh other people that say the website twice one more time for good good measure. Atomicgeekdom.com. 1-800-DECLARE-BANKRUPTCY. Uh, Those things do that all the time, too. They say the phone number like 600 times on the radio. <laughs> like bankruptcy ones and ones for like medi weird medical things. 
if you've taken if this you drug, a lawsuit. yeah, if you've taken this drug and experiences these side effects, call this number. Check with your doctor before taking this medication. Right, right. right. It may uh, cause death. <laughs> uh, yeah, all complaints about Atomic Geekdom go to uh, a, a Twitter account that doesn't exist. So, good luck. <laughs> Oh, that is our oh. that is our corrections and complaints department. I like it. I should, well, this I was should, fun. I should give out Matt from Two Bro Geeks email for any complaints. He's such a pleasant person. Oh, he's gonna. Are we still recording? Yes, we are. We're still recording. <laughs> All right, uh, that's our show this week. Thank you, Jenny, and and thank you to both of our guests. Is it's Sienna? Is that is that right? Shauna. Shauna. I am so sorry. Uh, oh, and, it's and, good. and Ashley, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> all right, that's that's our episode this week. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Say bye, Jenny. Bye, Jenny. I knew it. Bye, Jenny. <laughs> bye, Jenny. <laughs>